Hey, welcome back. This is Tiffany Cater, and it's time for The Brazen Truth, the podcast where we talk about morality, sexuality, and spirituality according to the Bible. This week, I have the honor of having a conversation with my friend Shannon Rosito. Uh, If you guys know Shannon, she is the worship uh, leader at CFTN Chandler. She is an artist. She is a businesswoman. She is a mom, and she is my friend friend. It's going to be a great episode and I'm happy to be back in this new year 2022. Um, I'm happy that you guys are here with me and um, let's just get into it. Shannon Rosito, um, and this is my first video <laughs> podcast, so sorry, it's going to be really awkward. I don't know what to do with my hands, so... Um, Talk with your hands, <laughs> like you're Italian. <laughs> okay, that looks like a robot, but... Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm really excited, and um, I'm excited to have you. I'm honored to have you. Shannon Rosito, everyone, I don't know if I said that already, but... So, um, right currently, you're uh, going through a lot of different things, and you're experiencing life on another level you know when you're really going through it that's when when you praise God it's like so powerful because people around you know like it's not easy it's not like rainbows and butterflies for you all the time mm-hmm. um, I don't know what all you want to talk about so just so you know you have anything final edit I know you're like an open book that's one of the things I love about you you'll talk about anything and everything um, so a lot of a lot of this podcast focus focuses on addiction, on um, breaking those curses, uh, generational curses, but also just the physical aspect and the mental aspect of addiction mm-hmm. in order to fully pursue God. Because when you have a call in your life, when God has a plan for you, the enemy is going to try to take you down with addiction because it changes you. It changes who you are. It changes who you identify as, and it can totally sabotage um, your life. If you don't get it in check and and laid at the cross, and that's something that you've done, that's something that you've had to go through, you've had to conquer. Um, so why don't you tell tell us a little bit about that part of your testimony? Okay, um, I have, I mean, my whole life when I was a teenager, leading up through my twenties, I drank and you know did drugs, smoked weed, did coke. Um, and I went through different periods where I did it more, where I did it less, but I've always been functioning. So I, um, I was, I was still successful at work. And so because of that, I didn't feel like it was, um, a problem. Right. I, I didn't have a, like a heart change yet. Right. I knew who Jesus was my whole life, but, um, I knew Jesus was the savior. He just wasn't mine yet. Right. So, um, I, I had my my first son when I was 17 years old, and and I was a young mom and still going through drinking and partying and you know like many people do, right? And doing coke, you know, pretty consistently. And it was um, after I had my second son um, in 2010 that I went to church and my life was just kind of you know falling apart. I felt. I felt out of control. My my marriage, my first marriage, was, um, you know, in a bad place. And um, I wanted to be released from 
um, the stronghold of leaning on alcohol or drugs to get me through um, the pain of a, a bad marriage and never ever dealing with things in my life that um, that I needed to heal from. I, I was in a church service and you know everything just seemed to be falling apart and um, they were the worship team was singing the more I seek you and um, I was I was singing and I just got smacked over the head by the Holy Spirit. That's I felt amazing. the presence of God yeah. um, like I'd never felt before. I felt the love of God. And I felt loved by God. And I had so much going on in my life, I, I started crying um, when I felt the presence of God. And it wasn't because there was turmoil in my life. It was because I realized I was loved. And my dad uh, rubbed my back and he said, baby, it's okay. It's, everything's going to be okay. And my, my grandma said, she's fine. But she's crying happy tears. Right. So she knew. Um, and it was from that moment forward that my entire life changed. I, uh, a week later, I had this bright idea to join the worship team at that church. I was still drinking and doing drugs um, on the weekends. <laughs> and, um, God called you as you are. And so I was like... I am going to join the worship team. And so I um, left them a message, and nobody called me back for a week, and I was like, thanks, God, for telling me. I knew that I shouldn't have done that, you know? Right. And then a week later, the the worship leader called me and said, hey, we were away at youth camp, but we would love to have you. And um, I said, you know, okay. So they had only one position available, and it was a tenor, and I have a, a deep voice. Right. I, I have a tenor voice. So I went in and I um, I sang in front of this guy and his mom, like I was doing an American Idol tryout. I started crying. I was so scared. And then I had to turn wow. my back to them and um, and then start singing again. And anyways, that was the, I tell you all these details because it was um, coming. People think that they need to get clean to come to God. But really, we have to come to God the way that we are dirty, and then he cleans us. Yeah. I think sometimes we have to have that that realization of our life is falling apart. Because you said at first, you didn't have that feeling of Jesus is my Savior. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to be rescued. You were out having a good time. You didn't understand how lost, how how much you needed Christ as Mm -hmm. your Savior. I, um, I think that encountering his presence made me realize very clearly that I was filling a void that only he could fill. Right. And you don't, you don't realize why, we don't realize why we do things, why we, why we drink, why we smoke, why, why we try to get, um, fulfillment from other people, you know, sex, drugs, and, and partying and everything. Um, they're all just a bunch of idols. Right. Trying to fill a void that only God can fill. Yeah. The, the thing that you said about the fear of the Lord, um, it reminded me of when I lost um, my last baby because I felt very confused. And um, and I told Pastor Bethany, I know, I know that if I find the fear of God, I will find his love there. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard to understand, to wrap your mind around. Unless you're a parent. Yeah. Well, explain it to us in, in terms of being a parent. So think about when, when you check your kids. Right. It's, if we didn't care about our kids, we would let them go off and do whatever they wanted that could harm them, that can hurt them. Right. Um, but it's because we love them 
that we check them and right. we try to reel them in because we want what's best for them. Right. You know, how much more does God want what's best for us? Which is why when we recognize the, the power and authority that he walks in, when we recognize the reverence that we should have for, for him and what he did for us, um, and when we recognize how much he loves us, you know, then um, I feel like when we find the fear of God, we find his love. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't really understand how filthy you are until you're in the presence of God, too, a lot of times. Like, you look throughout the Bible, and when these um, prophets and whatnot are encountering angels or being ushered into God's presence, what they do, like, right off the bat is fall to their face and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these time, um, instances, they're brought clothing that that are clean. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they, have, they have their clothes changed. They have a coal put to their lips to purify them so that they can feel as though they can possibly stand before God's presence. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you don't know God's presence, it's like you don't know how dark the room really is until a bright light shines in it. Um, and I, I think that sometimes that's why Jesus loves the sinner because, I mean, we're his kids. Of course, we're his kids. But the sinners have this world of darkness that's so dark, so intensely dark, that when his light and his love shines through it, everyone notices. Mm-hmm. Everyone notices. Because his, um, what does the Bible say? My strength is made uh, perfect, in your perfect in your weakness. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, I mean, that makes me excited because I have a lot of weaknesses. So when God's strength shows through me, it, I mean, it really shows because people can see the contrast of my history, of my background. And, um, I mean, I think that's really true. The presence of God changes everything, changes everything. I became, uh, I became addicted to it. (laughs) That's a good addiction. You know, I have to try to get rid of that one. Well, it, it, everything that Satan does is, um, just, uh, it's, What's the best way of putting it? He he tried. It's a knockoff of the real thing. Right. Everything that he does. Right. So uh, drugs and alcohol. It's it's a knockoff of the the purity that you feel, the washing that you feel, the love that you feel in the presence of God. That is so true, and I have never heard that before. But accurate. He's yes. a poser. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I um I. I realized that God God knew two things about me. He knew that I, I like to feel high. <laughs> I like to have fun, you know yeah. what I mean? And um, he also knew that um, I loved and had always had a love for music. And so he took those two things, and the very first thing that he did was introduce me to his love so I could feel his presence. The, mo- uh, the most purified feeling I've ever felt in my life was feeling the, the love of God, the presence of God. Yeah. It was the highest high I've ever felt. And 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 it was one that filled me and sustained me and I, I floated out of that church, I felt like. Yeah. So um but the other thing is the music instantly dropped it in me. I know it wasn't my idea. I'm gonna go join the worship team. <laughs> when last weekend I just, you know, spent, you know, the weekend partying, doing coke. Like, so he took two things that he knew that I loved and introduced me to this is my pre- what my presence feels like. Yeah. This is the purity of my presence. And then he also introduced me to um, the ability to utilize my, my gift and to grow my gift. And I was 
hooked. Yeah. It kept me, it kept reeling me in. Slowly I stopped doing coke and I stopped um, smoking cigarettes and I, I started to read the Bible. I started to sleep to the Bible. He's, it just slowly things fell off of me. Yeah. And I started to look more like Jesus. And I think that is so important for people to realize that that's how he takes us from glory to glory. Like, he doesn't get you saved and then wait until you have all of your ducks in a row and have your act together before calling you to serve. Mm -hmm. He calls you to serve right away. You know, the woman who washed his feet with her tears, they said, does he even know what kind of a woman this is that's washing his feet? And Jesus, it's like, do you? Yeah, yeah that's he, but he does. Jesus knew exactly what her past looked like, and he called her to serve anyways. He tugged on her heart. His presence tugged on her heart, and she blessed Jesus. Imagine being able to bless Jesus. And I think that is what God, um, when we serve, when we sing worship, when we um, serve in any capacity at the church, when we you know, are serving in child care or at the coffee shop or when we're just nice to someone, we're serving God. We are serving him and we're washing, um, we're washing his feet like he's washing ours, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, and he said to do that. He told us to do that as he was doing it to us. We should do that to other people. You know, we should lay down our life for our friends. And um, I think that that has to start at the door. That has to start when you walk into the church. You can't wait until your life is perfect or until you're perfect or until, you know, I don't know. You just can't wait. We don't have that time. We don't have that luxury. And on top of that, I think that when we do serve, that that is part of that purification process. Mm -hmm. Like some of those things you won't even know that you have until... Like, I, I, I use marriage as, as an example because some people, like, for me, half of the, like, character flaws that I, I didn't even know I had half of the character flaws that I have until I got married. Mm-hmm. Because that iron sharpens iron and it brings that stuff out of you, you know? Like, another relationship will bring that stuff out of you. When you're serving, you're in relationship with the bride of Christ. You're in, in relationship with the church. And you're in relationship with God, actively in a relationship with God. Um, and I think that that just brings up those character issues, which doesn't always feel good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always look good, but it's good for you. It's called discipleship, you know, and uh, that's, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I never really thought of it in terms of that. And I've, I've had an issue a lot of times in the past with, um, serving because I know, I know myself, you know, I know how many issues I have and how many times I've messed up in the last week or whatever it is. Um, but that's always an argument. You know, the devil is constantly arguing his case against you and you always have to hold up the blood of the lamb to say, no, you don't have the right to speak over my life or in my life anymore. And you've done that. Like you're a big, um, spiritual warrior. You're fasting right now. Actually, I'm not that everyone needs to know that, but sorry. That's okay. And you're not just fasting for yourself. You're fasting. I'm fasting for my people. For her people. That's amazing. And that's what we're supposed to be doing for each other. That's awesome. Something that, um, you said, it reminded me of something that I learned in the beginning of, um, joining a worship team. Satan is either going to make you feel one extreme or the next. Okay. He is either going to make you feel like absolute crap, like you're not worthy, like you're disgusting, like you're a hypocrite, you're not a Christian, you don't belong here, they're perfect and you're not, or he's going to make you feel like the devil himself. (laughs) 
like give me all Sing, the praise yes. and glorify me. <laughs> wow, that's so, true. He does one extreme or the other. So and people in ministry are constantly battling that constantly uh, teeter totter type attack. Yeah, because once you, um, once I overcame uh, being scared of singing in front of people because I was scared for years. I would shake when I had to sing. That's what I do. <laughs> shake. Um, I had to go to the doctor and get a prescription for anxiety medication. Oh, my gosh. Because I was so scared. Just for when you sing? And I can't even imagine you ever being afraid. Like, I've never Frightened. seen you afraid before. <laughs> Frightened. And then finally, God brought me to a place where he's like, hey, it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. It's it, If you mess up, it's not about you. Like... It's about glorifying me. Right. And so I had to die to myself every time I went up there to lead worship. And and then I was successful at not being, uh, not feeling like crap anymore and not picking myself apart anymore because what I cared most about is that I went in there and with my whole heart, I praised God and I focused on God and I thought about him and I worshiped him and I tried to get his people to worship him with the purity of worship that he deserves. Yeah. But then, you know, then when, when you kind of conquer that, then, then there's other, other demons you have to deal with, which is um, pride and, and all those things. When uh, Constantly having people tell you how great you are and, and having to duck and let that hit the cross and, and not let it go to your head and understand that every good thing in you is from God. And also you, criticism, too. You know, like, yeah. I mean, not that your voice ever gets criticized, but, you know, you wear one wrong thing or one thing someone oh. else doesn't agree with, yeah. and you know hate, you're going to hear Hate is going to hate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it's everything. Amazing, but. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I would say that I've not had the struggle of um, feeling like crap or glorifying myself with my gift, but definitely had the struggle of um, people pleasing and and um, maybe even wanting to look ugly when I'm up on stage so that I don't have to think about it. I don't make people feel uncomfortable or, you know, hear, have to hear if, if something's too tight or whatever. Well, you, you need know. to try a lot harder because I've never seen you look up your hands stage. Oh, um, ever. I can take general, you back but. several years of uh, backward hats, leggings, oh, and baggy shirts. Oh, I do remember you used to wear the backward I look like hat. a boy. I was always, I always wondered why the backward hat. <laughs> finally, I, it was like, stop with this, stop with this. So finally, I, I got myself together. But yeah, it was like, I want I wanted to look ugly or something. You know what? Like stop. Yeah. I, you know, I that man, I have struggled with um that fear, that intense fear every single time. When like you this sing? goes yeah, when I sing, like like I shake, mm-hmm. like I have um nodules on my vocal cords because when I sing in front of people, I strain so much because I'm just so nervous. nervous. Like just sweating and shaking and just and I just stopped doing it because every time I go up there, I do make it about me, and I am aware of that. So I just stopped doing it because every time I did it, every time I went up there, I was terrified, and I was like, it, I was being selfish, you know, like self-focused, self-focused. Yeah, I could not figure out how to bring myself to just worship God, you know, just to get out of my head and and do that. But um, you mentioned uh, a little bit ago that you lost a baby. And um, I, for those who don't know you, you lost a baby, um, you had a miscarriage, and you had more than one miscarriage. Do you want to share a little bit about your experience there? Yeah. Um, in 2018, I was pregnant with twin girls. 
And um, when I was, you know, five months along, I went into my ultrasound to find out what, um, you know, what we were having. And we, I, I, I could tell on the screen that their hearts weren't beating. And so I, I asked her, you know, their hearts are not beating, are they? And she, she said no. So, um, I, my stomach's big, you know, they're, I'm five months long right. uh, with twins. So I had to, um, go into the, the hospital and deliver them, um, because I wanted to see them. I wanted to look at them. So I did, they induced me and I, and I delivered the girls and, um, and then shortly after that, I discovered fasting, which I love. Yeah. I just, I, I like to fast because it brings me back to God. It brings me, um, I, there's, there's something about doing the hard things in life that other people aren't willing to do that I enjoy. And it's because, um, it shows it, it, there, there's rewards that come from it that, um, you won't get it unless you do them. So, um, I, I fasted for my first time for 21 days and instantaneously got pregnant. Well, there's something beautiful about fasting because when you stop eating, your body sits there and repairs itself. Right. It's not yeah. working on digesting food anymore. You right. Know? So, um, to no surprise, I was instantly pregnant and, um, I was believing that this baby was going to be, you know, go full term. You know, people contacted me and, and that are spiritual people, you know, and told me like, don't you worry, this baby's going to live. And, and, and that baby did not live. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so if you're going to prophesy over someone, folks, make sure it's from God. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you'll be held accountable. (laughs) So, so, um, Anyways, I, I think that people get confused with speaking in faith and thus says the Lord. You know, you can't say God says if you don't know he says, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you can say I'm speaking in faith that I believe that this is what's going to happen, you know. A hundred percent. But yeah, there's definitely a huge difference there. But to, to proclaim, you know, God told me, it's like, hey. To say God told me. Yeah, like, that's, you know, that you better be careful there. Yeah. Even if I feel like God has directly told me something, I usually will say, hey, I could be wrong. Right. I learned that from your sister. <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong. I could be in my, in my feelings right now, but this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, just because... Um, I want everybody to test any words that I give them. I want them to, to take them to God. Right. You know, I'm not God. So, um, anyways, I got pregnant and, um, around the exact same week, my son died and I, um, I went into my appointment that, that particular appointment was the only one that my ex-husband wasn't at. And, um, when I went in, she couldn't find the heartbeat. Oh my god! So then they, um, and then and then she found it, and she's like, "Oh, okay, we found it, we found it." And I was thinking, "I want to see it." Right. So they brought, they wheeled in the, um, they wheeled in the ultrasound machine, and you know, and the baby was not alive. She picked up my heartbeat. Oh my god! So when everybody left the room, they were all crushed for me. You know. I actually fell straight to my knees and um, lifted up my hands and I and I said, God, I know you're good. I know that you're good. I know that you're good. I know that you're faithful. I know that you're going to use this. 
Um, because I, I've always had a picture in my life. I've, I've had terrible things happen to me. And when those things happen to me, I just picture the enemy just like prowling around me, smiling. Right. Just wanting me to, to tell God that I don't trust him. Wanting me to, to doubt God. Wanting me to doubt my salvation. Wanting me to doubt the authority that I walk in. The favor that God has on you. The favor that, he ha- that I have. Um, everything. Wanting to doubt that he has good plans for my life. And so whenever I feel um, that heaviness leaning into me, I'll go off to the bathroom or wherever and I'll get on my knees and I'll lift up my hands and I'll just start to tell God, I know that you're good. I know that you're for me. If you're wow. for me, no one can be against me. Like, and just start to say all of those scriptures to speak to my spirit Yeah. so that, um, I'm, I'm renewing my mind and, and my heart in moments that, um, I have a choice and I just feel like it, you know, Right. And you didn't, you didn't skip a beat. Like you were at church leading worship that week, that week. Yeah. I I, delivered him on Friday and I was, I I led worship on Sunday. Yeah. And to me, that's like, not that, I mean, sometimes people do need a break, you know, sometimes people need a break, but sometimes that's when you need to be worshiping God and doing what God has told you to do more than ever. Right. I, I've always been really intentional with things. So if I, um, the, like, like the reason why I get on my knees and lift up my hands, it's to speak to myself, but it's also to let the devil know, like, right. I will serve God no matter what I go through. I don't care if I'm Job walking through the valley, I'm going to be restored. The second half of my life is going to be better than the first and I know it and it's a promise and I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to believe it until I see it. Yeah. So that's so good. There's something about, um, two things is praising God during the crisis, during the time when God's goodness doesn't align with your version of goodness. You know, when he, when he doesn't do what you want him to do or what you <laughs> wish he would have done. And when you worship God and you acknowledge his, his, um, awesomeness. And when you acknowledge his, uh, his power, his all knowing, his faithfulness, his goodness during those darkest moments, that's like a dagger to the heart of the enemy and to the plans that the enemy has for you. And that is like mind blowing because during that time, during those times is when we feel justified to shake our fists at God, to be angry at God, to, to, to question his sovereignty during those times. But when we go against what our emotions and what our circumstances are telling us and worship God and speak truth and remain faithful during those times, it's like a a bomb um, explosion of grace in our life during those times. You know, there's two things that I think about Um, when we get to heaven We will never, ever have the opportunity in turmoil and in the valley to get on our knees and lift up our hands and to tell God that he's good and to tell him that we love him and to tell him that we trust him. We'll never be able to do that in heaven. So every opportunity that I have on this earth, I'll do it. Because I want to look back when I stand before him and I want to see clips of my life in despair and still see my, me raising my hands to him and telling him I know that he's good. Right. Um, the other thing is it reminds me of the story of David. When um, David, uh, his baby died after the, uh, the you know, adultery and um, when, who was the prophet 
Samuel, Samuel yeah. told him that he um, the baby was going to die. David put on all of the mourning, you know, like the the crappy clothes and the the, the dirt, sack, whatever. The, yeah, sackcloth and uh-huh. yeah. ashes and whatnot. <laughs> That's my version of it. So and 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 he um, and and he fasted. And he and he mourned while the baby was still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then when the baby passed, he worshipped and he praised God. Yeah, it confused everyone. They were like, "What is wrong with this guy? Wouldn't it be the other way around that you'd be worshiping him to try to get him to do well? Oh, God, wow. God cannot yeah. be manipulated. Right? You know what I mean? So the reason why he fasted is he was trying to get God to change his mind. He was like, all right, God, I'm, I'm going to, to give you a sacrifice right now, and I'm going to see if you change your mind. But if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to receive your answer, and I'm going to still proclaim that you're good right. and that you're faithful and that you have my heart. That, that's why David, um, throughout the Bible, I, I, I'm reading in 1 Kings right now. Sorry, I could go off on no, stuff. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm reading in 1 Kings right now, and, um, and when God talks to, to Solomon, he tells him, like, you weren't like your dad, David. You didn't follow my commands, and your dad did. Yeah. Okay, David committed adultery. <laughs> he killed someone's That's husband. Yeah. He did all of these things. So what was the difference? The difference is, is that David's heart was always for God. His heart was always after God. He never worshipped another a, a pagan God. He never. He always was for God. Yeah. And, and the difference is, is that Solomon's heart was turned towards pagan, God, pagan gods, and he worshipped the wisest man in the world, worshipped um, other gods. So it, it just um, makes me think, like, our heart, it's what matters. And uh, in those moments of, of trial, we figure out who we really serve. Right. And that's why I've, I've always intentioned myself to, um, to worship God. And in in trials, because um, I have to remember that he's good. I have to remind myself that he's good, and I have to remind myself that no matter what, I'll trust him. I'm really glad you're, um, you know, fighting spiritually for me, and we're on the same side and everything. Um, I would not want to be on the other side. I'm just kidding. You're killing me. You're awesome. You are awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Seriously, we have so much more we could talk about, but um, I'll be back whenever you ask me to. What a great testimony. What a great podcast episode. Um, Again, I'm going to have to have her back so that she can uh, share with you guys so much more of her testimony um, that I wasn't able to get to today. If there is uh, a topic that you would like me to talk about, please let me know. You can message me through Facebook, Instagram, uh, etc. I think I'm on Snapchat. Yeah, I'm on Snapchat. Uh, But thank you guys so much for joining me. Have a great weekend and I'll... See you guys later, I guess.